It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Niler Nine podcast. It's myself, Niall, and Andrea Cleary beside Hello. me. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. We've, We've been... a slightly new setup here, so it's... Yeah, I'm much closer to you. Am I closer to you? It feels that way. It is. It's a smaller desk. This tiny-ass desk. Yeah, it's a tiny-ass desk Lizzo podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so on this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, Mango and Matman's debut album called Casual Work. That's later on the show. We'll be reviewing tracks from Jape, um, Rosalia, Villagers and more. And we're also going to be talking a bit more about, uh, I don't know, maybe model train sets. We'll see. This and that. <laughs> Why not? But first we'll start with, well, f- first of all, I want to get a quick plug out of the way. Okay. Because I've been working on it for the last few weeks and we haven't had a podcast where I've been able to In mention <laughs> who's, play, who's played it. Um, we did, our last was a special about Kanye's album, Jesus is King. Maybe you want to talk about that at some point? No. Maybe not. Okay, we've talked about it privately. You're, you're good with it. Okay, I'm fine. Grand. I think we d- devoted a, a whole episode to it. That was fine. Um, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It wasn't a good album, but, you know, got, we got content out of that's, it. So. That's all you need to know. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, Fresh Mode is a series of gigs that's starting this Thursday. That's Thursday the 14th of November in the well on Stevens Green. They are free if you register on Eventbrite. On the 14th, on Thursday, which is today, if you're listening to this, uh, we have Jafaris and Melina Malone playing a free gig in the well. Uh, it's the site of the former Dandelion uh, Club. Uh, it'll be the first major gig that's happening there, so I'm really excited about that. Been working on that a lot. Next week we have um, Bantam and Denise Chyla and God knows and Sela V Demai playing as well. It's pretty huge. That's the 21st, and the 28th we have Nilo, Tebby Rex, and Pat Lagoon all playing on the same night. That's the 28th, 
And those gigs are all free. You just have to register for them. Uh, Who says fresh, there's nothing fun to do in Dublin? There you go. You know? Fresh Mode is, uh, you can find that, that uh, linked up um, everywhere, pretty much. I post anything, Instagram and on 909.com. All tickets are on Eventbrite. It's called Fresh Mode. Uh, doing it in conjunction with a The Well, the new place on Stevens Green, and in association with Franciscan Well, free point for everybody as well. Nice. When you get there. As well. So that's nice. There you go. Yeah, so uh, that'll be fun. So hopefully that'll be fun. So looking forward to that. Gosh. Another another quick plug. Go on. I, I'm just seen to be doing. No, we'll allow stuff. it. We'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm hosting a Q and A next week um, uh, in the Lighthouse Cinema uh, on Tuesday, 19th of November. Uh, it's a Q and A with the director Seamus Murphy of the film uh, of PJ Harvey's film, A Dog Called Money, and that tickets are on sale for that now. I'm doing a Q and A afterwards, so if you're interested in that, come along. Uh, movies up on Mubu, Mubi. You know, Mubi. It's no. like an online independent kind of cool. Um, Netflix M-U-B-I M-U-B-I yeah, yeah on 22nd know, yeah. November so if you can't make it next week you can watch the film from then but it is the 19th of November in the Lighthouse Cinema where you can come and see the film so that's all my plugs out of the way I have nothing to plug no? no nothing No, not much on okay so. <laughs> we'll leave it there so alright so what have we been up to we this went weekend? to Lizzo it's on been Monday. the year of Lizzo yeah so yes we went to see Lizzo on the Olympia I bought tickets for anyone who was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely bought yeah. tickets because I had a few people going, you didn't even buy tickets. Yeah. And you um, hit me up about three days before and you were like, do you want to go to Lizzo? And I was like, Niall, <laughs> I absolutely want to go to Lizzo. Thank you. Yes. And we went to Lizzo and it was a, an interesting gig for many, many reasons. I think a reason to start with was how much kind of hype and support the support act had. I was really struck by that. Yeah. Sophie Eris was her name. She yeah. was the um the tour DJ for Lizzo. Yeah. Um so she was on stage later that day, but or that night, but it was essentially her doing R and B and pop hits and uh hyping the crowd up and my God, they did not need much hyping, did they? No. People were going in there just absolutely ready to lose their minds. It was yeah. brilliant. Um yeah, support act was so, so strong. I like I think I remember saying to you at the time, I was like, Where's where's her album? Because she did like a little so like a rap, I'm not sure if it was like freestyle at the end of it. Yeah, so she and played great. one of the original tracks, original Lizzo bangers, Bags yeah. and Cookies, and she uh, is on that track. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we need to watch out for her. Yeah, Sophie Eris. Yeah. See what happens. Um, but that was just a support act. Yeah. Um, then came the main event. Then came Queen Lizzo. Yeah. Melissa Jefferson, as she's known to some people, but yeah. Lizzo, she's known to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she just came out behind. So the whole stage was set up like a church. Mm-hmm. We were in the church of Lizzo. Um, she came out like, it was almost like a, a Muppet style reveal. She just like popped up <laughs> yeah, from was. the pulpit of the church yeah. and started uh, uh, singing. And it was like, everyone just lost their minds. Mm. But it was a really nice uh, way, respectful way that it happened. You know, like I've heard uh, stories about maybe some of the younger artists like Billie Eilish and how people just have their phones out straight away and they're like focused on her. It felt more like a celebratory gig for everybody that was there like Sophie Eris beforehand she was like who's here with her partner and it was like mm. yeah who's here with their best friend yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it really felt like that would like set the tone for the evening you absolutely know? and Lizzo's message of uh, of empowerment and uh, as she likes to put across in a lot of the album because I love you is about that kind of stuff and uh, it really came across and but just She's such a magnetic uh, performer, mm. such a likable person. I, d- I just found that like it 
she just seemed so sincere like I know there's a there's a lot of this like positive self-talk and self-love and you know that's all great to have in the world but in the past year or so it has kind of been co-opted by brands and we've started to see a bit of a shift away from that that kind of thing being something that you need to feel guilty about if you don't look after yourself properly it's starting to like eke into that whereas it was just so refreshing last night to, or not last night Monday night um Sunday night Sunday night Jesus Christ what day is it it's Wednesday, um, it's Wednesday today. we record on Wednesdays we record on Wednesdays we go to Lizzo on Mondays um the Sundays <laughs> we were at the church on Sunday that was the whole church point See? Oh my god! Anyway, yeah, you really haven't so, listened to that Kanye kind of album, have you? It was, <laughs> it was lovely on Sunday to just have a a real kind of sincere message of like self love and self care, and you know she was talking a little like she led everybody in a breathing exercise, and so we we were up in the balcony, <laughs> um, but yeah, we could see the whole crowd, and when she did that, when she was like, "I'm gonna." like basically lead everybody in a breathing exercise. Everybody was just on board with it. Like there weren't any phones out or anything. It was just people were there and you can just tell it meant so much to everybody there. It was just like, I haven't had that kind of affirmative live experience in a really, really long time. Yeah. I mean, we were very lucky to see her in a place like the Olympia. That's what everyone's been saying since the ticket went on sale. Maybe they caught her at the right time or they decided to hold off for for a bigger gig because surely she could do it now. She could do the three arena. Absolutely. You certainly would lose some of the impact. And like my, it's my favorite place to see bands. Me too. Like it's a great place to watch everyone else like enjoy it as well. Yeah. And like, I just really enjoyed that part of it. She was also performed with uh, four dancers on stage as well. They were incredible. So that was just, it was just a lot of energy. A lot of energy. She has a lot of energy. She is uh, an absolute boss. She's just a powerhouse. Like to be able to dance as much as she does and still hit every note. Like it's just such professionalism in her. But she makes it look so easy at the same time. Like... Oh, she and like her outfits were absolutely stunning. She had like 100% that bitch trousers, which I need to find somewhere. <laughs> I need them. Um, but yeah, like one of the gigs of the year, certainly. That's before you even mentioned the fact that she fi- we finally saw the flute. Sasha B. Fluten. Yeah. She whipped out the flute, played a little bit from... My the, heart will go on. ...from the Titanic yeah. theme, which was great. <laughs> oh, and uh, my, I think my favourite thing, and perhaps your favourite thing of the night, was that she didn't know the... You know when crowds go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. She had never heard that before, and she was like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> so she got the crowd to do it, and then she started like singing or rapping over it. It was unbelievable. I've been thinking about that a lot, because I hear it a lot at gigs, and mm. recently especially, and I'm kind of... Does anyone know the origin of that song, or like that chant? Is, is it, it a regular... Irish? I don't think so. It's it happened at like dance gigs back in the day. Yeah, and I can I think it, I feel like it's a song. That Maybe I can't it's remember. a rave thing. Yeah, I think it is. But yeah, like it's just being co-opted now on a much wider scale that I can't actually. It's obfuscated the source of the material for me. I can't remember what the song is. Yeah, or like why it started. Yeah, or maybe it was just an easy like thing to do over four four beat. And somebody started and it just caught on. It is, but it's all, yeah, it's, I, I always find things like that really interesting when, when they catch on, even like, 
you know, like football chants and stuff as yeah. well. Like there's been like books written about how they catch on and what makes them work and what doesn't. So I think the the ooh 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 thing is Something definitely really interesting. That's yeah, all, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like ole ole ole. <laughs> yeah, I always get really mad when I'm not in Ireland and or if I see non-Irish crowds doing ole ole because I always feel like it's an Irish thing and then I'm like no it isn't at it's all definitely it's definitely not ole is not an Irish word it's not even an Irish word no, no. <laughs> unless unless we can find some etymology of, of ole that actually is actually that actually means go on you go take it means oh yeah and then she was talking about the crack as well which I was just very charming when yeah. she was talking about that she found out what crack meant yeah Oh, she's um, great. She she's also just found so out good. what uh, uh, flute means as well. Oh, yeah. I saw that interview. That was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a great gig. A very enjoyable. Brilliant gig. Uh, we were out way too late for a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't be doing that again. No. No, not, definitely not. Um, but it was great fun. Uh, and yeah, I just like, it was brilliant crack. I enjoyed it to bits. Felt like everyone that was there needed that gig. It yeah. came at the right time in everybody's lives. I think we all so. needed it. Yeah, yeah we sure. all needed Lizzo. For sure. Uh, what someone, else is going on? Well, uh, <laughs> um, speaking of crowd reactions, one crowd reaction that did not go so well uh, over the weekend was uh, Drake getting booed at uh, Tyler, the Creator's Camp Flognaw Festival. Um, he was booed off stage by fans who wanted to see Frank Ocean. So basically this narrative had developed. Fair, like. <laughs> <laughs> basically this narrative had developed uh, on st- uh, at this festival or before this festival that Frank Ocean was going to be the guy who would show up. And play this surprise set. There was a secret guest build, basically. And uh, when Drake came out, people were pretty pissed off in the front row, especially front mm. rows. And uh, Tyler was there in the front row. And this is what happened when Drake caught the mood and figured uh, what was happening when he gave the crowd a choice. Love now, make some noise for yourself tonight. You know, I'm going to tell you, like I said, I'm here for you tonight. If you want to keep going, I will keep going tonight. What's up? If you want to keep going, I will keep going tonight. Well, look, it's been love. I love y'all. I go by the name of Drake. Thank you for having me. I have to say, Fair play to Drake for not, like, freaking out about that. And, like, he's a superstar artist and, like, adored on stage. And when he played in the three arena earlier this year, whatever it was, um, you know, he had flying cars and all that kind of stuff. And he is what he is. And he he, he trades off that, like, kind of reputation. But uh, in the moment, that was quite a reserved reaction. But maybe he also didn't want to be there. <laughs> I, I think... Maybe he didn't want to be there. People didn't want him to be there. It it might not, it might be like, so he obviously sells out his gigs and he has his fans and stuff. But like I've, I gave up on Drake a long time ago. He's just made too many mistakes. Can I tell you uh, something? Yeah. I've been listening to Scorpion a fair bit. Why? I don't know. Why? Just because it has a few bangers on it and I keep putting it on if I'm, if I'm not in the mood for other stuff. For serious music, that, I put it on. I put it on a fair bit in the last few months. That album has so many songs on it. I know. Well, I don't listen to all of them. Okay, <laughs> but I have put it on in the background for sure. Um, uh, but Drake said uh, in report uh, after the experience, it was a moment of humility, which is always welcomed. 
Um, he then said, uh, he explained it was not just not my night and he wasn't who they wanted to see. You can say that again. Uh, Tyler, meanwhile, has uh, criticised the fans who booed Drake and also admitted it might have been tone deaf to get the rapper to play Flognaw Festival. I thought bringing one of the biggest artists on the fucking planet to a music festival was fire. He tweeted in all caps. But flip side, a little tone deaf knowing the specific crowd it drew. Some created a narrative in their head and acted out like assholes when it didn't come true. And I don't fuck with that. Almost everyone is having a great time. Those shits in the front area were the ones being mad rude, which I, uh, I can see why. But nah, fuck that. Y'all represented me and Flog to my guests and made me look so, made us look so entitled and trash. Uh, that shit was like a mob mentality and cancel culture See, in real life. And I think that shit is trash. Entitled and trash are the words I'd use to describe Drake. So, you know, stop hanging out with 16 year olds, Drake. You might not get booed off stage. That's true. He he still hasn't <laughs> had any comeuppance on that, has he? No, he hasn't. Well. Texting Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Leave example. her alone. Yeah. Like literally leave her alone. Leave these girls alone. Go away. Yeah. Just, just go away. He'd be creeping. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So listen, allegedly, maybe, I don't know, (laughs) I was about to touch wood there. (laughs) Okay, you can touch the table. Drake, Drake doesn't Um, listen to this podcast, it's fine. Yeah, there's an interesting thing that's been happening um, in music and I want to bring it up briefly because it may answer or shine a light on some things that people have been talking about in terms of uh, Spotify playlists and that kind of stuff. Um, There's been an idea uh, put across uh, recently that uh, a lot of features and primers on sites um are having a negative effect on uh with spotify according to this digital music news article this week fresh allegations of a spotify blacklist are servicing and um, which artists are excluded from editorial playlists if their music debuts ever elsewhere okay at least one source has confirmed to digital music news that spotify's editorial team would not promote their newest release they were told in writing that the decision was part of a global release parity initiative which means that spotify won't promote tracks that appear anywhere in advance of spotify so if um say if somebody has a debut for their video or their song on a site like Nine Nine, for example, maybe, but I think it's a bit, maybe the likes of Rolling Stone or somebody. Okay, like, like a, a huge site. So it'd be like if if Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah. Premiered. Uh, Nicki Minaj says that uh, most recently, um, sh- she wasn't supported as much as she has been because right. she debuts her music on Apple Music, which is a rival platform that's different. Um, Spotify, yeah, I feel Sp- like fair game if it's a rival platform. Yeah, but like Spotify if actually dispute that and and put out a statement saying that we put this is how we support. We put an ad up in time, uh, Times Square and all this kind of stuff. We put her on loads of playlists. They shared some uh, details about the track streams based off like some of this work that they've done. Um, but in this case in particular, we don't know who the artist is. And we don't know how big they are. But in this case, the music appeared first on the site of a major music publication, a heavily trafficked destination. And that artist, which is currently isn't remained unnamed, says they pu- they killed the entire playlist and they had planned for this band while pointing to similar problems with other artists at other indie labels. So maybe not major labels ne- necessarily, but it, it points to a troubling uh, hegemony that's been developing in Spotify that they are the number one destination and the cha- and the only place that people care about. Well, I'm calling it now. Spotify are going to launch their own like blog or review platform Mm, i don't know i think so because if if they're so i i think the people that are ultimately damaged by this i mean a the artists but b the platforms where you're debuting a a record you know like if you if you have a blog or something and you're debuting a huge 
uh, artist's new single, that's massive for your blog, you know, and if people are going to be less likely to do that, then that's just another nail in the coffin of music journalism and uh, like online music sites, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is worldwide necessarily. I have found the Spotify UK and Ireland uh, music editors to be much more um, reasonable in Mm. that regard. But look, it is a troublesome, troublesome. And it also puts across, like I've definitely had... I, I every now and again we'd ask an artist if could we feature track and it's like they don't want to feature before it goes out mm. on Friday on Spotify before in case it affects their thing. So does that I that idea is out there and yeah. people are, are using that in their decision making. But my problem is like, and this is something I've found for years, is that Fridays are a terrible day for me to do anything online. Mm-hmm. They just does not get the same traction as a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, for example, Monday even. Um, it is the worst day of the week for me to get an impact for something. Yeah, so, because everything happens on a Friday. Yeah, but also like it, it's almost like people don't look at... Uh, websites as much they maybe are listening to music on Spotify or their head is already in the weekend and they're not doing as much they're they're doing all the work they're supposed to do before they leave the office that kind of stuff I just found that for years and years and years Um, it's been very interesting to see that and it's never changed really Mm. and I found that for sure with a couple of different sites I've worked on. So, I, uh, I wish that releases were more staggered and that not every There's no album reason for it to be Friday. Comes out on Fridays. Like yeah. it's, I think albums should be out on different days. Yeah, I think so too. Mondays. Yeah. I think it should be out on Mondays. Well, just like... It, I know the reason why. Any, were, any day of the week. Like, it it shouldn't matter. But like, God, and it, it, it would be more helpful for like less established artists. I mean, how, how are you going to go up against like you know releasing your record on the same day that a frank ocean album comes out like yeah it's not it's not a thing whereas if you get in there a couple of days before or who after was it know? recently who changed their album release Dermot kennedy because he thought that kanye was releasing them and then it didn't happen is that what happened i think so. earlier this year maybe i feel no. i feel like that was a thing okay well look that I- might also be more slander though maybe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's time for reasons to be cheerful. Yay! Which we've decided is, is going to be a uh, regular feature on uh, this podcast because, my God, do we need the reasons to be cheerful. We do. I might find even a jingle next week for this. Oh, you know, let's get a like, jingle. Let's That'd put a jingle lovely. in for reasons to be cheerful. Perfect. But look, our first reason to be cheerful you brought to the table. I did. Don't call it a train set. You've been <laughs> building it for years. Uh, we all know ladies man, Rod Stewart is a fan of tall models. But did you know he also likes building tall models? Did you write that? (laughs) So, (laughs) his wife is very tall. She is tall and she's a model. (laughs) (laughs) So Rod Stewart has revealed... Do you want to take this one? It is your your reason to cheer for after all. Um, So, Sir Rod Stewart, as he said, um, has spent 23 years making a 100-foot model railroad um, of... An American city in the 1940s. Uh, this from themirror.co.uk is my source here. Um, and he's really happy about it. He, uh, he says of it, it's the landscape I like. Attention to detail, extreme detail is paramount. There shouldn't be any unsightly gaps or pavements that are too clean. And there aren't. It's absolutely beautiful. Um I don't like to see flat backdrops. They spoil the illusion. So I went for more buildings and streets and tracks just to give it great depth. He's been doing this for how long? 
20 it says 23 20, years 26 years on my my source well well a long time 23 and 26 years he's been working on this and it takes up most of the third floor of his beverly hills mansion <laughs> <laughs> and like when you look at the picture there's there's photos of him just beside it just looking at it and he's yeah. so chuffed with himself he's absolutely delighted and it's <laughs> It's an absolutely stunning feat, you know. Yeah, he's so into it. Yeah. He's so into it. This is what you, this, these are the kind of projects you can work on when you've got Rod Stewart money. Do you know, do you know where <laughs> this was revealed originally? No. In the latest issue of Railway Modeler. That's adorable. Is that your source? Yeah. Oh, that's so much better than the mirror. <laughs> oh, it's Railway just Modeler so and Rod cute. Stewart. I love those kind of stories where you're just like, when you find out all these famous people have these, uh, you know, uh, I walk by a, a model shop that's on uh, James's street to work mm. sometimes or cycle by it. And uh, yeah, it's just funny. You're like, how, who goes in there? And then you might see somebody. You might really see Rod bang, Stewart. Like you might see Hosier come out with like, you know, a scale, a 1500 square feet scale replica of He, he a might forest. just like love jigsaws. <laughs> just loves jigsaws, Hosier. Well, like. you know, jigsaws and curling books are part of the mindfulness um, that's true. thing now. So, you know. That's true. It's good for you. Uh, but, but I, yeah, lo- I love that story. Stewart. That was a reason to be cheerful. So happy for him. Really, you know, congratulations on the very big. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a picture on the mirror. And you know the way they have like an image and then a caption underneath yeah. the image. It just says, <laughs> Rod is very proud of his model railroad. <laughs> <laughs> and we're proud of you, Rod. Well done. Well done. Well done, Rod Stewart. Uh, young, young heart, be free tonight. Yeah, stay, stay free. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of reasons to be cheerful. Um, one of them is a James Blunt tweet. Did you see this? No. Um, so James Arthur, the former X Factor contestant, <laughs> some uh, not, not very cleverly tweeted this exact phrase, this exact sentence. Artists these days literally just do impressions of stuff that's gone before. No originality in kids. Act like it's pioneering shit. Really grinds my gears, man. I must be getting old. Okay, this is from a man who basically got notoriety from doing covers of stuff on X Factor. And does and if you look at his set list, apparently all of his songs are covers. I'm like, <laughs> but the best thing about this is James Blunt uh, uh, quote tweeted this. Lucky the world still has you and me pushing the musical boundaries. <laughs> like, yeah. I love James. Oh, every now and again. Who's this other lad, James Arthur? Oh, I do know him, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. do, yeah. He's he hasn't X-factor been... X-Factor karaoke singer, as people have called him. He hasn't been a thing for a long time. Uh, What's he knows? doing tweeting? Who knows? Anyway, that was one of my... It gave me a chuckle. A chuckle Good. to be cheerful. For a reason to be chuckled. Uh, I have a couple other reasons to be cheerful. The first one is that Other Voices in the Angle has announced his music trail. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good lineup, and I don't have it in front of me right now. That's okay. But I know I'm playing one of the nights. Well, I'm yeah. DJing again, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it is my one of my favorite weekends of the year, and uh, it's basically my Christmas. So that's what I try and do. I try and enjoy that weekend down in Dingle, start of end of November, start of December. It sets me up for the rest of the year. For and, the rest uh, of the year, yeah. Just yeah, the whole month. Through. Yeah. Hey, December's an onslaught. Yeah. It is an absolute month. onslaught. It's a long month. So, yeah, lots happening there. I can give you some of the artists. Mango and Tara Stewart, actually, are DJing at it. Brienne. Um, who else is on the list? Uh, Denise Chyla, Feta, God knows, Ethanessa Francis. Really liking the sound of her at the moment. Uh, Cherum, who I actually was up in. 
Belfast last week for the NI Music Prize, mm-hmm. um, and they won best new best live band, I think, best new band. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, contender award. They won that. Okay. I ended up actually at a. Um, Snow Patrol gig, which is not something I would not really do. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. how was that? Uh, I didn't really enjoy it. Aww, but they're kind of lovely though. You know, yeah, it just like... It's just not for me. It wasn't that for very, me. Very, like, It was lovely. Pleasant. It was basically like going to the Choice Prize, but except for the Choice, it was like a big local band had sold all the tickets and everyone had to suffer through, not suffer through, but like <laughs> watch the awards. Right, um, okay, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, look, it was lovely to see them in their hometown and oh, yeah. their their um, live agent, Steve Strange, got an award and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So Snow nice. are one of those bands or artists that I'm just like, I'm not, you know, that interested in their music, but I'll always just like wish them well. Like, Good. I'd like to see them come back and have a bit of success again and good for them. They seem you to know. be doing okay. Yeah, seem to be doing grand. Good for them. Good glad glad you caught them. <laughs> I do have another reason to be cheerful. It is be uh, concerning the Give Us Tonight campaign, yeah, which we this talk is, about a lot this here. Yeah, pretty strong. Um, a bit of progress being made in that uh, regard. Give Us Tonight are now a representative member of Dublin City Council's Art SPC, which is the Strategic Policy Committee. And they were addressing the Dáil Committee today. Um, if you're wondering what that means, it basically means that there is a representative from Give Us Tonight on these, in these um, meetings um, talking and representing the idea that we need to address Dublin and our Irish culture on a wider scale and give it more room to breed. I'll just read out very quickly uh, a bit of uh, Sunil Sharp from Give Us the Night's opening statement to the committee, which I know this sounds boring, but this is actually really this important. This is important, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this isn't just about, okay, where do I start? Hold on. Um, this is about opening our main urban centres later that will move us in line with other European countries. Why don't theatres or galleries open later or coffee shops, restaurants or even markets? Why is there not a business model for them to open considering gyms open 24 hours and bus routes are now beginning to operate 24 hours? There's now a bus route operating, um, about to open uh, on from Swords to City Centre, mm. which will affect Jam Park, actually. Yeah. Means that there'll be a 24-hour bus. Apparently, I've heard, sorry, I'm, I'm going off topic here. That's okay. I've heard that uh, what's happened to people in Jam Park is that, you know, it's a 30-something quid taxi from to the City Centre yeah. from Swords. So what a lot of people have been doing is been paying a tenner taxi to go to the airport and then getting the air coach into town. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah. I just keep thinking about all these, like, uh, poor, unsuspecting uh, Tourists who come in drivers. quite late and they're just like, why is everyone mashed on this yeah. air coach? Welcome to Ireland. Anyway, despite, re- I'm going back to this now, this is an old uh, words. Despite having record levels of tourism, rejecting people out of our towns and cities at artificially early times, also putting excessive pressure on transport services in Gardaí. No other European country does it like this. Licensing is unavoidable in the conversation around music and nighttime culture. The knock-on effect to performers and staff is catastrophic when a venue has to shut down. So many talented people are in Ireland, young and old. Literally, you don't have anywhere to uh, suitable to perform or work anymore. Uh, we once had working show bands becoming stars around Ireland when there was a nationwide venue circuit worth talking about. We can have that again. More people can earn a living here. More will pay taxes here, and instead the primary focus of government, councils and tourist board is event tourism in the shape of large-scale concerts and festivals. This results in a gig economy that is sporadic and unpredictable. By also supporting local venues and ongoing community-led events, this will lead to a more vibrant nighttime economy. Anyway, that's just an extract of uh, Sunil's opening statement, which he shared with us. We put it on nightonline.com today, so you can read that if you want. But that is another positive step uh, in terms of being listened to uh, mm. in terms of Irish nightlife and what's happening and what needs to change. Yep. So 
feeling good about that one. Absolutely. And hopefully if this goes well, it'll transfer to Cork and Galway and Limerick and all of the other kind of cities that need much more support than yeah, they're getting yeah. after, right now well. After our chat in Cork. Uh, I'm so know, concerned about Cork. Li- like live at the keynote, yeah. We, yeah, which you can go back and listen to. Um, I felt like it needs to be brought up a bit more and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying Dublin necessarily leads away, but it is at the moment. Yeah. Um. So hopefully it can help all the other places yeah. um, and cities who are concerned about this. Because we, Dublin seems to be a bit further into this crisis. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, in terms of how, how it affects like employment. And then we also have the, um, the housing crisis kind of in tandem with that. Yeah. So if we can... You know, if, if if this city can kind of make some positive steps towards change there, then there's no reason why the others can't. So Absolutely. Anyway. Good luck anyway, yeah. Best okay. of luck, lads. We're going to move on to Tracks of the Week this week. We'll yeah. start with a track from FKA Twigs. This is called Sad Day. Every time you look outside your window, everything is just the same as before. You are turning round and round, you see it's a sad day for sure. Taste the fruit of me Make love to all you see Would you make a, make a, make a wish on my love? Would you make a, make a, make a wish on my love? Would you make a, make a, make a wish on my love? Ah, would you make a, make a, make a wish on my love? That is FKA Twigs from her album uh, Magdalene, and that is called Sad Day. We were actually originally talking about reviewing this album, but um, I have given it a few listens. I'm finding it hard work. Mm. I, I think that's fair. I just didn't want to do it this week. That's fair. To be, yeah. To be 100% honest, and I said that to you, and I think you felt somewhat similar. Yeah, I, I was finding it. I mean, I I love the album. I think it's it's a really stunning work, but um, I think you just, in order to review something, you have to be able to kind of go in two feet first yeah i just don't think i'm in the headspace for it right now so me neither but but the song i'm i'm happy to review (laughs) that's that's the song that uh stood out to me immediately um it's an interesting one because it actually is review uh it's it has the album as well remember we discussed this when we played one of our songs before nicholas jar is involved Mm. but this track has uh skrillex and nicholas jar fk twigs Benny Blanco and Noel Goldstein, who did uh, produce stuff like Blonde, Suburbs, Kanye and Pusha T releases, all are accredited as co-producers on this track. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are involved. But uh, I would say it's a very, it's another sidestep for what you might have expected for FK Twigs. Um, her first album had a lot of big moments on it. And what I love, I think, I think... I need more time with the, with Magdalene to really figure out how I feel about it. But there's a lot of Kate Bush comparisons for mm-hmm. me in her work. Um, she reaches those moments of fancy, those kind of beautiful sonic moments that very few artists can. Yeah. Even though I find sometimes following her down that labyrinth of 
of Sonic, whatever you want to call it, she's doing uh, quite difficult mm. on the first few listens. So I think I definitely need more listens for that one. But the song stood out to me. Yeah, I, I, I tend to find myself very swept up with how she produces. I mean, I think the first track of hers I ever heard was Poppy Pacify. And I was so drawn in by, or it might have been Water Me, but I was just so drawn in by like what she does with this the space that she allows there to be in the track like and I feel like yeah this album isn't quite as full as LP1 um and I think it's better for it I I like when she's sort of lost in space a little bit it kind of sounds like she's just like twirling around and grabbing these sonic ideas out of nowhere it does definitely give that kind of ethereal Kate Bush idea of like I don't know. It's almost like these ideas, these musical ideas exist in the cosmos and they're just reaching out and grabbing them. But I'm not saying, you know, know, I hate that idea that people say, oh, you know, it's very Kate Bush or Bjork, whatever. But like there's a lot of comparisons here because vocally she has a range that can match uh, a lot of what Kate Bush is capable of. So that's what a lot of what I mean in terms of like she's able to do a lot with her voice. But I think even like the comparisons with Kate Bush go beyond just vocals to the kind of groundbreaking stuff that she's doing with production as well. Like if you think back to what Kate was doing with Hounds of Love, there was things that we hadn't really heard before ever on that album. And I think on this album, while it's not, it's not quite, you know, rewriting the rule book, um, it's definitely putting forward really, really interesting sonic ideas that like especially to do with space that probably owes a lot to Frank Ocean as well and but I think she's just been pioneering this like oddity of sound since the beginning and this is the most um this is most fully formed I've heard her sound and this track is definitely a standout for me on it as well yeah Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to deep, deep diving into it mm. a bit more, um, but it's hard to find time to do that these days. I have to say, yeah, especially when you're listening to Drake all the time. Well, that's that's in my downtime. <laughs> yeah. Drake for your downtime, FKA oh, Twigs no. for your sad time, for your know. sad for your yeah. sad day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to our girl Rosalia. She has another new track. Surprise, surprise. Um, it is called A Palais, and it sounds like this. Okay. 
que en mi mento me lo trillan Chándal, oro, sello, sello, sello Y mantilla Resto de caviar en la vajilla Okay, that is Rosalia uh, and yet another new track from her. I don't really know uh, what the context for this is. I think she just is, uh, you can't stop her. She's no. unstoppable. A um, couple of things about this. I watched the video first and there's a very strong product placement for Beats headphones at oh, the very there? start. Yeah, it kind of was like grated on me a bit. But then, you know, like visually it's very arresting, always uh, does interesting stuff. Um, the start of the song is a bit like Barefoot in the Park the song she did with James Blake mm. and then it just changes into something else she's wearing grills in the second part of the video and you're like yeah that's kind of vibe it's going for mm. how do you find this one? Mm, I don't like it that's fair enough it's not it's it's going further into the Rosalia that I don't really connect with as much which I find a shame um, like you know, in, in preparing for the podcast, I have like my playlist made and every time this kind of came around, I was like, ah, oh, I'm just not, mm. I'm just not really that interested Did you watch the in video? what she's doing. No, I didn't. It's worth watching. Okay. I think it's, she, yeah, she's kind of more, this song kind of feels more like a visual piece sometimes. Okay. Right. Um, very effective visuals. Uh, again, talking about production, it was produced by Rosalia El Guincho, who did a lot of the last album. Frank Jukes, who did a lot of stuff for Drake, Camille Cabell, Rihanna and Cardi B. So, okay. That's the direction that um, she's possibly going in sometimes. Mm. I still love it when um, she just does her voice thing, just her yeah. and the flamenco thing and all that kind of stuff like she did at the EMA Awards uh, earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, I think for me there just right. wasn't enough of that voice in this. There was just, it was I found it a little bit overproduced, a little bit. There was kind of maybe 10 things in there where there could have been two, sure, you know. Sure. Um, what do you think of it? Do you like it? It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Uh, but I, I have I found myself with Rosalia is that like, okay, I, I don't feel like this is a single track, but it mm. might be something that was on. You're like, cool, I don't mind this. Yeah, um, that's fair. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's fine. Pretty much. Okay, our next track is from Jape, who has a new album out uh, this Friday called Sentinel. This is a track from it called We Threw a Dead Thing Overboard. From the crow's nest, I spied an iceberg. I put my brain on pause. Some disasters not worth observing still happening. Of Egan aka Jeep with We Threw a Dead Thing Overboard from his album Sentinel which is out next week we may even talk about it in full next week um, but this is the second track that was released from it the title track was the first one very much a different vibe from what anyone well not necessarily what you were expecting but um, uh, quieter more reflective intimate um, release than previous records mm-hmm. 
you're into this. I'm really into this. This this sound is making me as excited as I was when I first started listening to Bonnie Bear. Like it's it's Ooh. that sort of I don't, I just find it Big so style. like warming and yet it doesn't feel like it's an art well because he's not an artist at the beginning of his career but it do, it doesn't feel like an artist like going to you know left of field from what they're used to doing and starting something new it yeah. it just seems to this slot returns in. to a lot of what he did in the very early days as well. yeah yeah that's the thing and i think it's it's brought it's brought a warmth and an introspection and a consideration like especially I know we'll we'll talk about the album next week, so I won't say too much about it here. But in the context of the album, the two tracks that have come out so far, it are very much indicative of the vibe of the album. But there's just so much within that. Like there's like I feel like with this style of music, it's really easy for people to point to it and say like, oh, well, that's that singer songwriter thing or, you know, and it definitely kind of just just thinking of it in that way does a disservice to the amount of or the the breadth of ideas and s- the scope of what you can actually fit into this type of sound so sure. yeah I'm so excited about this album I think it's it's really really brilliant um and okay. this is a, a highlight from it for sure I, I just think the melody in this is so beautiful yeah and is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really stunning. Really, really like it. Great. I'm into this as well. Let's talk about more about it next week. Yes. And we move on to our yeah. final track of the week. It is from Villagers, who released a EP, a surprise EP last week called The Sunday Walker. And this is a song from it called Did You Know? Now there's a shadow on everything And he won't know how to shake Of a sense of worth He's attached to kind of game And if we play along He'll promise to smile He just needs to be retrained as villagers with Did You Know, uh, that is from a four-track EP that uh, seems to be songs that were mostly left over from uh, his most previous album, which was called The Art of Pretending to Swim. I did remember it in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of the same Fab- sessions. Fabulous album. That. So nice Brilliant to get album. some extra stuff from that. Just shows uh, how prolific uh, of a writer uh, Conor O'Brien is and how he's just able to knock out great tunes. Yeah. Um, not seemingly with ease, but certainly with consistency. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously big fan of this, loved the album and can hear these songs fitting in with it really well. Um, but yeah, it, it goes to show the kind of the dedication to a theme that you're willing to knock off these four really, really strong songs off an album in order to have yeah. it be its own thing. Uh, but I'm absolutely delighted that these four have been released. I think this this one's probably the, the standout for me. It's the one that stood out for me anyway. Um, but yeah, just like, like you said, just like consistently brilliant, you know. This. Yeah. 
fair play to not Connor, much no. else I can say about yeah, it but good. just no, you know it's just always nice to have Voyager's yeah. music I think so I think uh, so yeah we're pleased with it's that it's lo- lovely for I say this all the time but lovely for walking around in the rain I think <laughs> like why have you been doing that recently? Oh, well, uh, you know, it, M- maybe people might here. have noticed that it's been raining lately. Yeah, it's been raining heavily. Um, okay, we leave that our tracks of the week uh, for now. And uh, we will turn to our album of the week, which is from Mango and Mathman. That is Carl Mango Mangan on vocals and Adam Mathman Fogarty on production. They have a debut album that they just released. It has been four years in the making, featuring grime, garage, rap and dance music, lifting true sketches of the youthful struggle in Dublin City, uh, talking about how hard it is to exist, and a narrative that goes all the way through. We're going to play a bit from a track called Memories, featuring Irina. This is that track. Set this city on fire, recession got me spitting this art Perspective from that to my desk recessions get me a little bit harder Wake up, ten missed calls, I messed up and you pissed off You kick off and I tripped off and we both know that this thing's lost So what are we fighting for? Now what are we fighting for? Cause I can't fight no more But you don't want this life no more Okay, that is a track, um, Memories, uh, from Mango and Batman's Casual Work. Now, the duo have been talking about uh, Casual Work coming for a long time. It finally dropped last week. Uh, we heard the previous single from it called Deep Blue, featuring Lisa Hannigan and Crash Ensemble. And that kind of set it up for uh, the idea that it wasn't going to be a full-on uh, grimy album and, like, garage album and hip-hop album that you may have expected from seeing Mango and Madman the last few years. Their live shows are hyper-electric, uh, uh, electronic kind of uh, energy, uh, a lot of tops-off energy, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, rewinds and... Uh, uh, <laughs> sirens and, and air horns and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of people who know Mango and Madman from that will may be surprised by the depth uh, and uh, the narrative on display here. There's a very clear um, narrative at play here. As I said, it's a lot about growing up in a city that's kind of abandoning you or living in a world that doesn't recognize your, um, your worth. And uh, there's a lot to speak to that on this album. I actually think it's uh, fantastic. The first two songs in this album are fantastic. Um, the first track is a spoken word piece called Bread and Butter, which Mango first performed on a, I think it was RT Pulse uh, about three or four years ago. He wrote that one night and uh, it's very affecting. It reminds me a lot of, it follows through from a lot of what um, Emmett Kirwan, the poet, has been doing in the last few years, speaking about Dublin um, honestly and openly. And I can hear a lot of, there have been a lot of uh, spoken word artists that have come to prominence in the last few years. And uh, I think Mango is certainly one has been close to that and knows a lot of these people. He mentioned the likes of Natalia Flaherty and stuff like that um, in the past. And you can certainly hear an influence of Emma Kerman on the Bread and Butter track. But I really love how that sets up the album. You can hear the Lewis tracks in the background and stuff like that. And uh, 
the seagulls overhead and it does really set the scene for the album which immediately kicks into deep blue which is a very big like soaring track which has big strings from crash ensemble lisa hannigan on vocals which is a very nice thing get for them mm. um and uh it just shows you a level of ambition then that you maybe wouldn't have expected from uh the a grime kind of duo which is what they were originally you know thought of as um i'm really enjoying the uh way that the album moves from those kind of bangers to the more reflective moments the interludes um give you a lot of uh ideas in terms of how they you know, it's kind of a narrative around the album itself about Mango um, acting up and himself and Matt Man calling each other and like reconnecting and uh, deciding to do this uh, thing for a full time and all that kind of stuff. There's a good few guests on it. Uh, the likes of uh, Loa is on a track called Lonely Night. Um, Irina is on the t- next two tracks. Um, that's one of the songs you heard there where she's on it. And then a couple of uh, very Dublin vocals uh, vocalists are on it, which may be quite jarring for a lot of people if you're never not used to it. I've heard we've had mixed reaction to that one um, in the last week, but I think it's quite a brave thing to do. To which one? Both those tracks, uh, any other place, the one that has kind of like the barbecue summer vibes to it and the very Dublin vocals on it and the same with Steel on Said and Done. Um, How are you finding Mango and Madman's casual work, Andrea? I'm really, really taken by it. Um, So... If we cast our minds back to earlier this year when we had Pillow Queens in, we were having a conversation about Fontaine's DC. And I said during that conversation that I didn't recognize this as my Dublin. This album I recognize as being the Dublin that I grew up in. Like there's there's a bit in, in one of the interludes where um, where it's Mathman speaking to Mango and he's saying, here, man, look, you're acting the bollocks. And that just that it actually it made me laugh a lot because it reminded me of my brother and his best friend and how they speak to each other like these are just conversations that I'm used to hearing people around me have and growing up I would have heard these kind of things happen where like it's 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 so effective in getting across these these characters who are talented and ambitious and have something to say about who they are and where they come from and the unfairness that comes from a lot of kind of circumstances especially in Dublin especially in kind of working class communities and yeah just kind of how how these characters are let kind of fail sometimes and they're let get caught up in the stuff that you shouldn't really be getting caught up in and I just found it so relatable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a very effective um, process in terms of the narrative and how it, it, it uh, transpires across the album. Yeah. It's 15 tracks, but there's a lot of interludes on it. And I, I usually don't like interludes on albums, but I think these are really, really strong in terms of setting up um, how one track moves to the other. Because like there are tracks on this that are just out and out absolute bangers. Like, yeah, like deep deep blue is an absolute banger. But the one that I was I was cooking today in my kitchen and I was just going mad was Mad Thing. Mad Thing and oh Chester. Oh my those god! Two like towards the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard an Irish track go that hard in a long time. And I, what I like about the kind of the sonic 
world of the album is that, like you said, it's not really this grime hip hop side of things. It's much more based in this kind of like mid to late noughties, like dance and trance at times. Yeah, I hear a lot of garage and bass music in this. Yeah, you get a lot of that in there. And that I think that just triggered a lot of like nostalgia in me as well for for the Dublin that I have in my head when when I'm listening to this album. Um, I know that they had a track that isn't on this album a while ago where it was, it was a bit of a spoof of like a pirate no, no radio surrender. station. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it just, it's it's that sort of like insider knowledge of that world that they just get across so, so well. Um, it's produced absolutely beautifully. There's so much going on. It's it's quite intricate at times. And I like all of the all, all the guests on it. I think Loa in particular is is a standout on it. Loa and Lisa Hannigan. Uh, yeah, I, I really like yeah. the Irina track. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, is, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, really nice. Yeah, um, I, li- I like all the guests on it. I think the lyrics are fantastic uh right the way through and it's not like the whole album takes itself very seriously even though it's touching on serious topics like there's moments on it that are really quite funny and yeah like the there's a parallel drawn from this and uh the film uh Dublin Old School which mm. to me I've seen the play actually mm-hmm. better to talk about the play because I think the film doesn't really work on the same level the okay. same relatable level it just feels a bit too cheesy sometimes. Um, and I think it's hard to capture a reality in film and in drama that feels totally real sometimes mm. and like without resorting to pure grit mm-hmm. and uh, downbeat determination. There's a lot of this where I can feel the beating heart of the city in the background the whole time, but also it's their Dublin as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. I like the fact that they are representing themselves, they're representing their music tastes, they're what they love, but they're also talking. Even that little interlude chin up there about mm. uh, not being able to fly home for the funeral and all that kind yeah. of stuff, we'll be there for the mass, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's... It's very affecting, actually, mm. and uh, I feel like it's quite, um, yeah, very strong album. And in a it's year very, of very, very strong, strong Irish albums. Oh, you're telling me. It's going to be an interesting uh, list at the end of the year, I'll give you that. Um, it sure will, one. yeah. I mean, and for it to come out so late in the year and be so kind of arresting, um They've and successful as well, yeah. yeah. But I, and like, you can you tell. Can, you can hear it in it, can't you? Like you can hear that it's it's so well thought out and it's very well put together. The narrative is obviously very, very important um, to them, and I think they've completely succeeded in an album that tells a story and also sounds very, very good. You know, and when when you've got when you've got two people as talented as the two of them working together, it's like, well, what other way was it going to go? You know? Yeah. No, I also heard that, um, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I, I hear that they have done videos for each track on the album. Oh, that's exciting. Perhaps, so it might, might be one of the other reasons mm. why it took so long. Um, I think they debuted some of those at uh, their recent listening party. Okay. The only thing they haven't done yet is, is announce a gig. Yeah, so where's the gig, lads? I'm sure there's going to be a gig soon, right? Yeah. Well, when how's it happening? Come on. want to hear it. Anyway, that's Casual Work. Uh, Mango Madman, a fantastic Irish album. Again, uh, a very strong year for Irish albums. Mm. The same day, uh, Sorka Richardson released her album, First Prize Bravery. Mm. Another very strong album. So, my God. I'm and have... I, I will say, like, for people who, like, while I say that, I hear a lot of Dublin in this. Like, the themes in it 
trans like transfer I guess is the word um way way beyond any particular city like this isn't something that you can only yeah. listen to if you're from Dublin like it's not it's it's not the case of that at all it's um it touches on very very universal themes but I think just in in an Ireland with such like such a severe amount of emigration and just all the horrible social problems that we have it it, it yeah. it's a very well put together piece on it you I know? feel like as well that four years has given the album some perspective in mm. terms of what's been what's happened here in Ireland and how we can view things now yeah and talking about you know like your space is shutting down and all that kind of stuff and you can really feel this is uh, us coming out the other side and, and, and viewing that in the rear view and going, okay, well, we're not out of the way yet. We're not mm. out of the woods yet, but it's... If anything, we're further here. into the woods than ever before. <laughs> no, but you can feel like with, by going through some of that, there's some perspective here yeah. and there's a, some positivity out of it as well, perhaps, yeah. uh, even though it's not all uh, light. Yeah. I would say. Yep. So that's Mango and Mathman. Let's play another bit of a track. Um, This is the track Estates, which is the third track on the album. Squad guys and knockers, so I took stock of my options Instead of stopping, get up, it's a way to watch no gossip Up no snot, no bollocks, I only watch that profit You never got that, so stop it, because we came up from nothing These estates we were stuck in, so we hustled for years Until we made it to something, I said we came up from nothing These estates we were stuck in, so we hustled for years Until we made it to something, I said we came up from nothing These estates we were stuck in, so we hustled for years Until we made it to something, I said we came up from nothing these estates you were stuck in So we hustled for years until we made it to something a slave Me and all my brothers when the streets were full of shooters Me and Adidas in the gutter We would even think of hustles Keeping secrets from your mother Mix Rabina with the hustle Trying to sneak it to the clubs And dropping knees and getting robbed by Spending all your JSA and trainers Tears and blazing J's Laughing back in crazy days We just thought we would pray for change Wrecking guys, taking names Getting mice to take the pain Sex and cash and raving blades Get swept and die, I break away So I'm coming through all this rap shit Give a fuck about this rap shit Give a fuck about this accent We pumped you out with classics So shut your mouth, I'm matching You fucking clowns are backwards Your suck sound is so average So when you're met with thousands of love You call yourselves a boss But you don't own shit Okay, that's our album of the week From Mango and Madman That is called Casual Work That song is called States So uh, thank you for that And uh, we're going to be chatting to them soon On the podcast So we'll come back for that Maybe next week Yes, indeed uh, It remains for me to ask Trey what has been consuming you? What have you been listening or reading or watching in the last few weeks? Since, I haven't thought about this until literally now. It's been so long since I've done the podcast. <laughs> so I've been watching the new His Dark Materials series. Oh yeah, any good? It's excellent. It is I absolutely... I mixed, mixed opinions of it. It's brilliant. Now I'm a, I'm a super, super fan of the books. Um, does it capture the nuance? It, of the it really does. I mean, like the the first episode is basically just the first two or three chapters of the book, like verbatim. I just think, and the second episode, I watched it again last night, and I I genuinely think it's one of the watched best. Watched it again? Like, oh yeah, I've watched both of the episodes twice now. You really like it? I really really like it, and I think it's like a lot for me to watch something back again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do that when I was like 12. <laughs> I'm, I'm 13 years old. So. <laughs> oh, all right. That, that explains it. That explains it. But no, I, I think, yeah, like as, as a fan of the books, I think that, now look, they're, they're changing some stuff that I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. They're introducing a lot of book two concepts into like, you know, this series. So I'm a bit jarred by that, but I think I, 
I sort of I trust them with it, which is important. But I think that they've they've captured the world and its nuances without hammering home a lot of the stuff that they could play up. Like, for example, do you know about like the demons? Yeah. So you, you what is, the, is the, what is the first book actually called? The first book is called Northern Lights. See, I read that when I was younger. Yeah. R- read it again. Like it's not, I don't, like I read all three of those books when I was a teenager and I didn't have a clue what happened yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. And then I read them again as an adult and I was like, oh my God, this is what it's about actually. Like it's, they're, oh, they're just incredible. And, you know, on, alongside that, I'm, I'm actually still reading, I've put it down actually, I'm still reading the, the second book in the Book of Dust uh, trilogy, which is the new Pullman trilogy based in this world. And uh, it's called The Secret Commonwealth. And I put it down because I know that when I get to the end of this, I'm going to want more. So I'm going to wait until I'm finished watching this. Um, what else have I been doing and listening to, though? Uh, listening to the FK Twigs album, listening to... Actually, just mostly like a lot of classical music because I haven't been on the podcast in the past couple of weeks and I was sick and I just haven't really been reviewing music. I always go back to just listening to some classical and choral music. So that's actually been really nice. Nice. Yeah. time for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Very what good. about you? Um, I've been reading uh, Ronan Farrow's book, Catch and Kill. Okay. Um, About his reporting about Harvey Weinstein and all of that. It's... You may know a lot of it from the top line kind of and his article that appeared on The New Yorker, but it gives you a lot of the background behind it and a lot of talk. Was of, he the journalist that, that broke the, um, he, the story? It, it, it all kind of happened simultaneously, which is very strange because um, Jodie Cantor uh, was one of the others who I think was the New York magazine. Mm-hmm. Who did it as well? And but it, they, he had way more reporting. Okay, he was basically working for NBC News at the time, and um, it just shows you the power and influence that Harvey Weinstein had. That he was basically able to get him to stop reporting through higher NBC. ups in NBC yeah. and uh, allegedly, because mm. <laughs> mm. NBC listened to this. Um, no, but there's a lot of that, and then there's all the stuff about the black ops, um, kind of black cube, the uh, operatives from Israel who were like investigating him and trying to shut him down, and Shit. crazy stuff about how paranoid he got, and he was right to get paranoid, and all this kind of stuff. And oh my god! Just all the details about all the horrible things that Harvey Weinstein did, and what I just keep thinking about is his brazen behavior when he would turn up. At uh, some poor woman's door to like, he would just barrel in and like he the the sense of privilege, um, that he had for himself in that situation is absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. And you know you've read a lot of it maybe before, but um, just such a complex and horrible predator. Yeah, in his actions and his words and a horrible uh, personality. And the way he treated everybody and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just awful. Power and influence will get you a, lot, a long, long way. And uh, I'm still reading it. I'm about, about 100 pages left, I think. But um, mm. really fascinating. Really You'd fascinating. recommend it? Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard listen, but it's it's a very easy read, actually. Okay. Short chapters. Um, but I just, yeah, if you're interested in uh, what it's like to be an investigative journalistic reporter, it's totally worth reading. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. What's so, it called again? Catch and Kill. Catch and Kill, yeah. okay. So that's it from Ronan Farrow. Um, I've just been listening to Mango and Madman for the last week, yeah. I would say. And uh, the Jape album, which we will discuss soon. Mm-hmm. Um, can't really remember anything else I've been listening to other than 
tracks I've been playing on DJing. That's yeah. about it. Um, and then I watched all the rest of that Euphoria show and a bit disappointed in how it all went out, to be honest. Okay. A lot of style over substance, unfortunately, mm. um, I felt. So, a bit disappointed about that. Music was brilliant in it. Um, other than that, it kind of fell away a little bit. Okay. So, and I started watching uh, the final season of Silicon Valley, which is back now. Oh, yeah. That's on my list now for this weekend. Yeah, the, the last episode was particularly good. Jared. Jared is my favorite oh, character. Jared's the best. Jared is, uh, in the third episode, Jared uh, has a, just does a thing which I couldn't stop laughing What at. is your man's name? The... Gavin Belson, yeah, yeah. he I think is one of the funniest characters that's ever been on television. Like <laughs> he is just, he absolutely kills me. Like he's one of these people I look at him and I just start laughing. Like so mm. I can't wait to get back in Silicon Valley now. It's yeah. yeah is this the last terrible. series? It is, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the last season. So oh, yeah. that's sad. Probably the right time, I'd say. Maybe, yeah. 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 I just feel like there's so much they could do. Like, Maybe Mike Judge can go on to tell a similar story, but I think Maybe, the, the yeah. whole Pipe Piper thing has kind of been twisted and turned so much that sure, I, like, I don't yeah. know how much more you can that's do true. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I, what else have I been doing other than traveling up to Belfast and hanging There's around? There's loads the, of gigs coming I went up to the Giant's Causeway. Oh, how, did you like it? I did, yeah. It's lovely. It was very windy, I'd say. Uh, it? Giant's Causeway, not as giant as you think, no. um, but the landscape around it, very nice. Yeah. I would say. I actually think the Giant's Causeway is great and all, but the cliff walk around it yeah, is, exactly. is the star of the show. I thought you were going to tell me something that I, I was nearby, but I didn't get a chance no, to go to. No, no, no. Like, no, I just think like, yeah. just I was the only one the on the cliff walk, or... actually. Oh, we've, I was very lucky that day. There was It was raining the whole day. And, but when I got to the Giants Causeway, it stopped for like an hour and a half, two there you hours. Go. So I was like, yeah, it's nice. Doesn't rain at the Giants Causeway. Little Doesn't. Fact. There you go. Um, so yeah, that was it. And that's it from us this week. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll be back next, next Wednesday in your, in your ears on Thursday, probably yes. with the Jape album and probably. Yeah, just... there can't be many big album releases left this year. I must uh, have a look and see what's left. But yeah. uh we may discuss some uh, end of year stuff soon. Ooh. Oh God. How do you feel about that? Stressed. Uh, okay. I feel stressed about it. Let's not talk about it now. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, well, we'll leave you with a track from uh, Danny G and the Major Sevens. This is a, a song called Time the Healer featuring Feda and Zaska. Also, should say, very uh, nice to see all the Irish bands kill it at Iceland Airwaves last yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, you were there. there. You had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people thought I was actually there, which I wasn't. Um, <laughs> Uh, Simon Roach went uh, he's it's actually his 14th year in a row Jesus. he's been to Reykjavik for Ice and Airways and uh, so we saw him with Press Pass he did, went and did some Instagram story stuff we have actually a beautiful video of AMAC coming up shortly uh, a cappella in front of uh, Mount Elstia the uh, volcanic mountain mm. it's stunning so watch out it's for just that. occurred to me now that we didn't discuss her new track which everybody should absolutely go and listen to because it's Ooh, AMAC yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, is we unbelievable too. Yeah. It's such a good track. Um, yeah, that's the start of the album to come, and I think it's going to be very good. Yeah. But it's just really nice to see AMAC and Pill Queens and Loa completely dominate things uh, yeah. in Iceland Airways, as well as the likes of Georgia and other acts like that. Um, I was really impressed. It's just yeah. really nice to see three KEXP sessions happen for three Irish bands. And uh, sadly, Just Mustard were one of the bands supposed to do that, but their gear got left in Dublin oh. and they couldn't do any of their gigs. Jesus. Which fucking sucks. That does suck. Oh, um, Jesus. Sorry. The lads. other thing we didn't get to talk about was the closure of the RTE digital stations. Um, oh, but, yeah. you know, we needed some reasons to be cheerful for once. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about that. Train sets time. instead. Yeah. 
Tall Models. All about tall, tall models. models. Not Stuart. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave you with this song. It's Time the Healer featuring Feta and Zaska from Danny G and the Major Sevens. Dre, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me. And we will be back next week. Bye. She said that she would wait for you That's what she said She said you'd never be untrue That's what she said No, you don't care what people tell you about time They make you they just want you to feel better But you don't want to listen You've heard it all, we've heard it all before And even if you did cry, you wouldn't give it home Cause it doesn't stop the pain Believe me, I know But you've got a friend Why don't you call him?
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.